Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Samantha Patil, who is the founder and CEO of Well Traveled, which is a members-only platform for trusted travel recommendations and reviews. And if you go to welltravelclub.com, you can find out more about this company. In this episode, we'll go through Samantha's background with travel and tech and share her journey to starting well-traveled. As always, the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast. You support the show by leaving a rating and review over an Apple podcast. Leave the review. Really appreciate that. And of course, the Weekly Grind, my weekly newsletter, comes out every Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. Without further ado, here is Samantha Patil, the CEO and founder of Well Traveled. Samantha, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thanks for coming on during a strange time for context. This is end of April uh, 2020 when we're recording this. So uh, strange yeah. time to be on a show chatting and uh, everyone in quarantine. Uh, that's definitely different than other other times I've interviewed people. But with that being said, then as well, you have a travel company, well-traveled. I do. How are you coping at this time with that? Yeah. Interesting question. So it's kind of funny because we actually just we soft launched a couple weeks ago. Um, so we're still a pretty new company. Um, yeah. And so for us, it's kind of obviously not the ideal time to launch a travel company. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> my co-founder and I, uh, Casey, went back and forth on it for a while. And part of our company is to kind of help people uncover some inspiration for where their next trip might be to help inspire them to explore the world. And we thought, you know, there's kind of a a negative news cycle at the moment. So it might be kind of nice <laughs> for people to have a little bit of like escapism from the comfort of their own homes. So we decided to go ahead and open the platform up um, so that people can kind of have that, satiate that sense for wanderlust while, you know, still being at their home and, and practicing safe social distancing. But yeah, definitely had to get out our creative hats. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things that we're trying to help, help turn it into an, an opportunity for people to connect, um, even though they, yeah. can't, they can't do so in person right now. Oh yeah, and it's interesting. Like even this morning, I was literally just looking up like Airbnbs and travel options to be like, what <laughs> options are there for getting yeah. out? You know, escaping, finding something. Even you know, obviously with with social distancing and everything as well, but even just having a different change of scenery. And I know I am definitely not the only person who's thought that way. Clearly, mm-hmm. so people want to get want to get out, want to escape. So it seems like even though it's obviously strange times, it actually. Yeah, aspirationally, why well traveled is uh, well positioned then, and and with this company too. Obviously, you said a soft launch. Like, where did this idea for the company even come from? Yeah, so I mean, I can explain a little bit about what what the company is. So, what we are is an, a members only review platform for millennial travelers. Um, it's we're designed to be inspirational and practical, but the goal is to make it easier um, for people to find trusted recommendations um, based on a network uh, or a community of like minded travelers. So for us, like there's a big information overload problem when it comes to travel, right? Like there's so much out there um, and it lacks in, you know, relevancy and quality. So for us, we're really trying to focus on the quality over the quantity and offer people relevant recommendations and access to kind of trusted reviews. And then we do have a a booking portion of the site too. Um, But the idea for the company really came up 
think I came up with the idea maybe a year or so ago, and it was really born out of personal frustration <laughs> when trip planning. Um, of course. I don't know if you've experienced any of this, but I just feel like, you know, I'd go to plan a trip. I love to travel. I'm super passionate about it. And um, it's just like, there's so many resources out there, you know, and um, a lot of them I found were really organized into budget or um, like luxury. So really high end, you know, like concierge services or um, luxury agents or things like Goop or Condé Nast. And then kind of the budget stuff was all targeted, um, you know, with deal sites. And, you know, I think TripAdvisor is kind of like the biggest player in this space. Right. Um, and I think they like talk about an information overload problem. You know, you're looking at that site and it's like 20,000 restaurants in Paris. And you're like, I don't even know where to start here. Um <laughs> So I felt like there wasn't a lot for people that were kind of in the middle of those two buckets, um, especially like more modern travelers or, you know, like your quintessential millennial travelers that are kind of in their 30s, they're making good money and they're prioritizing spending it on travel. Um, and so for me, like, I feel like when I'm trying to plan a trip, a lot of times I'm asking my friends for recommendations. I'm trying to piece together what I'm finding online. And then it's like someone sending me their, you know, Rome list from their like 2008 study abroad <laughs> trip and their like cousins like list. And you're like, okay, like, what am I doing here? Um, so I just wanted to create something that just made it easier to kind of find and share those recommendations with a network of people that were kind of similar to you or looking for a similar experience when they travel. Um, so that was kind of the basic concept for the site. And then it kind of grew from there, just the more I talked to different people and brought on my co-founder and, and kind of hit the ground running. So, yeah. And from that process, I'm always curious, especially when people are, are newer in the company too, it's like how, once you had that idea, so you obviously have this pain point, this problem with travel, you're like, oh, we should, I should create a company around this. I mean, where does your mind go to kind of next steps? And what was that process you took after having the idea and confirming, you know, let's see like either exploring the idea or confirming, like, I want to work on this. Like, what was that early kind of process like? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I felt like I've worked at, I worked at startups for most of my career and I, I love to build things. And so I'd kind of always known I really wanted to build my own company and I've had, you know, a number of ideas over the years, some better than others. Um, but when I came across this one, it felt like something really clicked and it was kind of one of those things where I couldn't stop talking about it. And, you know, talking to other people about it, I would get energized. And the more feedback I got, the more the idea started to take shape. Um, and the more I realized that like, this was a problem that a lot of people were having. So I was like, okay, I feel like there might be something here. And, you know, eventually, I think it just got to the point where I was like, I just have to go for this, you know. Um, so initially, you know, it was just a lot of time when I was still working full time um, at my last company. It was just a lot of nights and weekends, um, you know, listening to podcasts, talking to other founders, trying to research the space. Um, and then I just started kind of taking some action and like, you know, created the LLC, <laughs> set up my landing page, wrote a basic business plan, um, hired a developer. And kind of the more I did, the more things would happen. And so um, I just kind of felt like by taking those action items, I was able to create more positive change for the company. And then I think things really took off when I brought on my co-founder, Casey, who's been amazing. She and I actually have known each other for a long time. Um, our husbands went to USC together, actually. Um, right and so, yeah. And so we met through them and she, her background is in uh, the membership space. So she's been a membership director at um, various social clubs. So I was picking her brain a ton for like, Hey, how do you build, you know, a community thoughtfully and intentionally? Like I'm picking um, just her brain on different ideas. And she was super passionate about the concept and um, it just kind of made sense to bring her on full time. And, you know, it, she's, she's been a real blessing. She balances me out in a lot of ways. Like we're just a really good team. And I feel like our backgrounds are 
kind of fit really nicely together as well. So yeah, I feel like I kind of went off on a tangent there, but I think that answered your question. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's exactly what I want to know. And like from that too, one of the things you you went over relatively quickly, but I've seen, especially in the MBA program and, and talking to a lot of kind of early stage founders or people who have ideas, glossing over, you know, getting a developer. Like what was that process yeah. like, the getting a developer? Because that yeah, can be sure. a pain. So I mean, I started with referrals. I um, have been kind of spent the past year or so building up my fellow founder network of just, and that's just honestly through like um, online communities, going to events, like meeting people, joining offline communities, things like that. Um, and I would just ask people and be like, hey, you have a website. How did you do that? Um, and they'd be like, oh, I hired this person or this person. And so I talked <laughs> to a few different people. Um, we ended up going with a group called Article. Um, they're based out of Toronto and they're a really great team. They've been an awesome um, partner for us. Um, and yeah, I just I ended up talking to a few different folks and it just made sense to go with them just kind of based on um, our mutual understanding of the vision and they really got it. And I felt like we're a really strong team to partner with. Um, and they've been great. I, I love working with them. That's awesome. And then with your co-founder too, I'm curious, like obviously seeming to have found the right fit there. How did you decide or what have you done to decide like who does what within the business? Like who handles what responsibilities within building this company? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of just, a, I mean, it's funny. Like I feel like at a, early on in a startup, it's a little bit like <laughs> all hands on deck. Like we both are just kind of like, of course. we can do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. But I mean, I think we're both super collaborative by nature, but I think eventually you start to tease out like where people's strengths lie in certain areas. Um, so Casey's been great. You know, she's, she has such attention to detail. She's been awesome at kind of like, she'll go through things with a super fine tooth comb. She's helped put together a ton of our content that's on the site. Um, you know, whereas I end up taking on a lot more of like the initial conversations with some investors or putting together um, the business plan, but then she'll put together the revenue model and we just kind of then swap and tag team stuff. So it's been a really collaborative process. And I think we're both of the mindset of like, hey, we're better together doing this. So um, we're happy to kind of divide and conquer. Or if like, you know, one of us has more time one week, we'll just like pick something else up. But we have, um, we have daily meetings. So we, she lives in Sherman Oaks. So she's based in LA as well, even though that can feel very far away sometimes. <laughs> oh, very much so. <laughs> and <obviously, Yes. laughs> And obviously during quarantine, like we're not seeing each other right now, but we do Zoom calls every day. Um, so we'll do like an hour each morning just so we can kind of like check in, like what are our tasks? What are the priorities? What, what is she handling this week? What am I handling? Um, and so that's a daily thing that's been super helpful for us just as kind of like a, a almost like a standup, but you know, digital standup. And then we reserve, um, that time on Fridays to have a bigger strategic conversation. So we can think about like long-term goals, like business planning, strategy ideas, and she'll kind of like bring stuff to me and we'll talk through it and I'll bring, you know, things that I've been working on to her and we'll just kind of um, riff on that for a little bit. Um, but that way we kind of like protect awesome. that strategic time so that we don't get so bogged down and all the stuff we have to do on a day to day. But, you know, on the flip side, it's not just all staying theoretical either. Like we're actually executing and moving things forward too. Yeah. And, and early on too, with, with kind of that customer discovery phase, talking to people about the idea, I mean, what were you trying to get out of those conversations and how did you, how did you approach those conversations? Because obviously you want people to be like, oh yes, I love this, <laughs> but you also want like insights so you know what to build. Like totally. take me to that process. Well. So one of my favorite quotes is um, Henry Ford, where he's like, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have told me I want they wanted a faster horse. Um, so there's a lot <laughs> yes. of that when it comes to researching with consumers of like, what is their problem? And like, what, what do they think the solution to that problem is? And then 
is that actually the right solution or can you come up with something better? Um, so how we went about those conversations is initially just a lot of really informal conversations with like friends and people that were kind of in our target demographic, which honestly, like I said, I, I started off to kind of solve this problem for myself and my, and my peer group. Yeah, um, oh, of course. <laughs> so we got kind of like a big Petri dish of people to pick from to talk to. Um, and then we started formalizing it a little bit more. So we conducted a few surveys um, that we put out there to people through both Instagram and via email. Um, got a lot of great responses from that. Um, and then we also had a couple focus groups where we invited people over, um, we fed them, we gave them some wine, and then we asked them um, just like questions <laughs> about their pain points when it came to travel planning. Um, what do they love about the current solutions that they are using? What do they hate? Like, what would they like to see out of a new solution? All that kind of stuff. Um, and then just trying to try to go through and figure out like, okay, why don't we make sure that these are kind of guiding what we're building essentially our MVP um, for our beta launch. And then from there, we can kind of keep building out products as we collect more feedback. So we have a pretty open line of communication with members right now of like, you know, there's a form on the site. If you have any issues, let us know. We're kind of open to any, you know, positive or negative feedback because we want to build them something that works for them. So even already, like some of the feedback we've gotten is they want more social features. So that's kind of already now putting that in the pipeline to get that out um, as soon as we can. Yeah. And with those features too, then how are you prioritizing between, I'm assuming getting feedback on different features yeah. and different types of things? Like how do you decide on which ones are kind of being rolled out next? Or like, this is more of a far, far off long-term thing. I'm curious about that too. Yeah. I mean, it depends a little bit on our um, like budget and bandwidth uh, for some of the features, but mostly prioritizing based off member feedback and what's important to them. Um, and what they feel like would make the site better. We have some ideas of what that could be and you know, other things that we want to build into the platform. But for the most part, prioritizing based, based on feedback, yeah. Yeah. And with, you mentioned before, like kind of the nights and weekends classic mm -hmm. building this while you're at another company. I mean, at what point or what did it take to then get you to spend more time on this full time? Like, What did it take to get to that point then? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I just, I got to a point where it was kind of all consuming and I felt like, okay, I'm at a point in my career where um, I had, I felt like the financial security to be able to take that leap, which I do think is important um, to make sure that, you know, you have a little bit of money saved up that you don't have to work a full-time job and can spend that time working on your company. Um, and it, like I said, it got to the point where it was really all I was thinking about, all I wanted to work on. Um, and so it just made sense to take the leap. It was kind of like one of those things where my husband was kind of like, okay, like you either need to stop <laughs> talking about it or like go do something about it. So I was like, okay, like, let's give this a shot, you know, um, really put in like a, a good amount of time into seeing if this works and, you know, worst case scenario, you can always go try something different, right? Like, I just think a lot of it is being willing and okay with taking that risk and kind of jumping into some of that uncertainty and like not knowing where things are going to go, but like having conviction in the choices that you're making and, and knowing that it's the right decision for you to at least give it a try. Because um, if you don't try, yeah. you never know. Completely. And that's something like, I know it's a quote from like Tim Ferriss mentioning about fear setting and like, what yeah. is the actual worst thing that's going to happen totally. in, a, in a, whatever situation it is and whatever decision you're making. And realistically, a lot of times the worst thing that could happen, one, it's not as bad as you think. And two, it's less likely than you think. Exactly. And so it's like, why not take that chance and go after it? And I love that. And, and with that too, so you decide to go, to go after this full time working on this company. 
and you have using savings or whatever it may be. Like, how do you think around the funding side of it and like raising raising money for this, trying to bootstrap? Like, what are your thoughts around that? Sure, sure. I mean, I, I feel like there's no right way to do it, right? Like everybody's journey to funding their company, I think is going to be different. And I think it really depends on the type of company you want to build, um, what your operating costs are, how quickly you want to grow and scale the business. Um, and again, like your own personal runway, right? So for us, um, between me and my co-founder, we've self-funded the business to date. Um, but um, currently right now we're raising a friends and family round. So we've closed um, part of that round. And, you know, given the, the climate, it's definitely an interesting time to be fundraising. Um, <laughs> but we've still gotten a lot yes. of um, great interest, honestly. So we're starting some of those initial conversations with some angel investors and potential VCs um, and are going to take it from there. Um, but as long as there's interest, we'll keep having those conversations. Because um, for us, I think we're kind of in this opportune time for us personally, where we don't yeah. really have any overhead. Um, you know, Casey and I aren't taking salaries right now. And we have very low operating costs. So we feel like if we can kind of use some strategic capital to build out some of these features that we want to do for, for members and make a really awesome solution for them, you know, when travel does come back, which I think it will, I think it might look different for a little bit. And I think, you know, local travel is probably going to be um, something that comes back first. Um, but, you know, we'll be able to provide a, a trustworthy and dependable solution for them, you know, and put us in a really good position to, to support people as they go back to, to those journeys. Yeah. And mentioning the whole family family and friends round and then obviously stay in touch with VCs. And that's something having talked to a number of VCs at this point now with mm. through a different show I did and then uh, just through being in LA yeah. and kind of the ecosystem as well. It's like you got to start early, mm -hmm. you know, building those relationships. So it's not like, oh, yeah, now I need money at this very moment. And like, I don't know any right. VCs. It's like, okay, well, that's obviously not the way to go about it. And so, totally. yeah, that's something I just wanted to kind of under, underline there for people who are trying yeah. to start something. It's like, yeah, start those conversations early. Show them your progress. Exactly. Right? Have those talks yeah. with these VCs. I mean, it's nice too because if you start having those intro conversations and then you're able to show traction, you know, a few weeks, a few months later, I think that, you know, shows really nicely as well that like, hey, you're super committed to this business, you were able to show um, some growth and, you know, you're, you're still around. So I think that can be really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And with the family or friends round too, I mean, like, how did you craft your pitch or you're even like thinking about that, that process of like, how do we want to approach this raising funds? I, I, I'm just trying to think of, from a perspective of someone who is kind of just getting started and then thinking through like, oh, my first kind of family friend round, round of funding. Like, how do you think through that yourself? Yeah, so our pitch deck has probably changed a hundred times. <laughs> um, a lot of people <laughs> have told me like your deck should be changing daily or weekly or monthly or whatever it is. And I think that's true. I mean, especially when you're really early on, I think, you know, even the idea from how I first thought through it in my mind has evolved so much since then, just from, you know, talking to more people and being able to flesh out, you know, more of our strategy more. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think we're always working on the pitch. I think, you know, start small and just kind of get down your values. Like what are, what, what do you, what are you, what is your value proposition um, as a business? And then I just really turn to a lot of resources online. Uh, y Combinator has a ton. If, if you want to raise um, funding or even just like get better at pitching, Y Combinator has a ton of great resources. Um, there's another podcast I listen to, to called the pitch. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one where you just like hear a lot of people pitching, which just kind of helps you think about how you would frame your own pitch. Um, and we just started trying things out. So I think we just went through a bunch of iterations where we tried to come up with, you know, what is our value prop? 
um, what, what's, what's the problem? Who are we creating this solution for? How does our solution work? What, who are the competitors in the space? Um, the team we've put behind it and then get into more detail around the go-to-market strategy, growth strategy, monetization, et cetera. And I think that's like kind of a formula that people want to see. Like those are most of the boxes that people want to see checked. And then, you know, really getting your story right. Like I think a lot of times this early in the game, people are really investing in you as a founder, because again, like your idea is going to grow and evolve and change, and you're going to bring on other team members and and all of that. So why are you the right person to grow this company? And how do you get people on board with your vision and, you know, your, your ability to, to build a, a scalable company? Yeah. Yeah. So thinking about the growth of the company itself, then like one, how have you gotten your, your current kind of beta customers? And then what are you thinking about in terms of growth marketing strategies moving forward for the company as well? Yeah, for sure. So most of the folks we have on the platform right now was through reaching out through our immediate networks and or extended networks through um, a lot of the communities that we're part of, um, whether it's online or um, in person um, and just through networking events and things like that. Um, Just telling people about the platform. um, And then I found that, you know, when you talk to someone about it and they get really excited about it, like that's like the right user that you want early on, right? Because they're someone that believes in the product and wants to check it out. And they know it's a new, a new product. Um, we also, one of the things that we did early on is even when we just had a landing page up, and I would totally recommend this for other people too, is just, we had like a very basic email capture where we could um, start building a wait list. So we just had, you know, sign up for the wait list. And when we're live, we'll let you know. So we captured a lot of people um, that way too, um, so that we can come back and be like, hey, applications are open, like the site's live. Um, so that's a great thing to do yeah. as well to kind of capture um, demand um, even before you've launched your product. Um, and then what was the second part of your question? Oh, yeah. No, just looking at the future of it too. Like, well, yeah, once you kind of go forward. Yeah. So I think for us, like we, one of the ways that we want to grow the community, like we want to be really intentional about it um, and make sure we're growing um, this kind of like tight knit community because it's really important to us. So a big part of how we're going to grow our member base is actually based on referrals. So right now um, we have kind of a basic referral program for members and we want to build that out down the line. So it's more of an incentivized program for people. Um, so that's one way of doing it. And then, yeah, I mean, paid, paid marketing, I think, you know, most of, most of our target audience are going to be on Instagram, but I think also creating like a organic social presence uh, on Instagram as well um, is something that's important to us. And we want to make sure that's something that we're actually adding value for people, um, with that presence. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, a lot of, um, networking and just kind of like, I guess guerrilla marketing is sort of the term for it, but, um, that's been working really well for us so far. That's awesome. And yeah, and with that too, I mean, with that type of marketing and that's not your, your plan moving forward and looking at the business itself, I'm curious as to like, then the business model, people don't necessarily travel like every day, every, every week. Uh, I guess in your case, then are you looking at the monthly membership type of business mm-hmm. model pricing kind of revenue model and assuming that people will travel every month or just wanting to kind of always stay in touch? I'm curious about that side of things as, as well. Yeah, for sure. So we did some surveys with members and then there's also some data um, online to back this up a little bit, but our demographic is traveling typically 36 days a year. Um, so that translates to like one to three international trips and like most people like 10 plus domestic trips um, a year, Yeah. which I mean, if I'm looking back and like, I think we had 10 weddings last year. So that adds up. <laughs> um, <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> yeah. So for us, I think that, well, so let me back up. 
We're right now offering complimentary memberships to all new members since we are a new platform. Um, next year, we will start charging for memberships um, tentatively $150 for the year. Um, and with that, we're building out this booking function where you'll be able to actually redeem um, that membership fee as a, a booking credit on the site as well. Um, awesome. The other thing we're doing is building out more local content. So right now the site is focused. Um, we have 16 destinations and a little over 500 um, spots. So like restaurants, hotels, activities, nightlife, whatever. Um, so mo- all those destinations are right now international, but over the next couple months, we're going to be launching LA, San Francisco, and kind of like some day trips from there. Cause like I said, I think, especially given the current climate, I think local is going to be um, a higher priority for people as they get more comfortable traveling again. So we want to make sure that we have great resources for people to be like, okay, well, what are some fun restaurants I could go to in Santa Barbara or, you know, where should I stay in Palm Springs or stuff like that. Um, So I think that'll also help with, you know, folks using the site and them coming back to it because it makes it a little bit more accessible. Cause yeah, I mean, people aren't, you know, traveling every, every week or every (laughs) month as nice as that sounds. Um, So yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then uh, we obviously touched on this in in the beginning and uh, you just kind of mentioned it now again, but really want to go back to the the COVID-19 thing and thinking about that with your business. I mean, how does that affect you just looking at kind of like short-term decisions versus long-term decisions, like the, the direction of the company, how has that been impacting your decision-making so far? Yeah, for sure. I mean, again, like I think for us, like we were always planning on being in this build phase right now. So, you know, we're really fortunate. And like I said, like we don't have a lot of overhead. We're basically, you know, at, at zero overhead and we're not reliant on that booking revenue. Like I think a lot of companies um, in the travel space are. And so I think, you know, unfortunately some of them are struggling and, and may not make it. Um, that said, I think we're in a good position to be able to maintain the business um, over the next, you know, six to 12 months. And um, with this fundraise, hopefully grow the business and kind of accelerate some of that growth and building out our membership base so that when, you know, people are ready to travel again or feel comfortable or honestly, even if they need a resource and some guidance for, you know, where can yeah. I travel? Where should I go? Like, what places are closed? Like what places are open? Um, we can kind of be that for them and, and start to build that relationship with our consumers, a trusted partner for them. And then, yeah, like I said, definitely accelerating some of that uh, local content for people. And then um, it's been interesting as far as, you know, partnerships right now, like we want to work with um, some travel advisors and, you know, other, other partners. So reaching out to folks in, in the space to kind of see how they're doing and, and what, what would be interesting to them as far as partnership opportunities. Yeah. And that's always a huge part of, of any business. That's something with the partnership side of things can just really give you a lot of, of leverage and help you kind of accelerate, accelerate growth and, and find growth in ways you didn't really think about necessarily always, which is, yeah, which is always beneficial. And looking at your company too, at, as you look back in the last like year plus or so, I mean, what, what's been the biggest challenge or some of the biggest challenges of building a company from scratch? Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm a big believer in everything is figure outable. It's um, a, yes. a phrase Marie from, yeah, by Marie Forleo. Yeah, I've, I've been reading her book and I just think that that's so accurate. But there's definitely times where you're kind of sitting there and you're like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> um, but then you just you <laughs> figure it out. And I, so I think that that's always a challenge of, one, juggling, like, how am I going to figure this out? 
Um, but then having the, you know, the confidence and the ability to kind of just see it through. And that's been something that has really helped me, you know, I can figure this out and I do, you know, you always end up figuring it out. Right. But I think sometimes it can definitely feel daunting when there's so many things. So, you know, taking it step by step and day by day and making that those small pieces of progress can really help with that. Um, you know, before Casey, I think, you know, it was definitely tough being a solo founder. I'm, I'm really glad that I was able to bring her on um, and feel like, you know, I have a partner in this journey. Obviously, you know, both our husbands are super supportive and and honestly pretty involved as well. Um, so that's been like a real, a real blessing. But um, I would also say the other thing is just yeah. time. <laughs> I don't, you know, like today was one of those days where I like looked up and I was like, oh, it's three o'clock and I haven't eaten yet. And I'm pretty sure I need to take the dog out. But, you know, like some days are like that and some days are less crazy, but it's all good because that's kind of like, you know, part of what I love doing about this is every day is different. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, managing your time and, and making sure that you're being effective and intentional with your time is definitely um, something that's like, that, that can be tough. Of course. And kind of on that same note, I'm always rather obsessed with the kind of the magic of time in terms of how people are flexible with their day or not flexible, or some people have things blocked out or they kind of more go with the flow or they start early or start late. I'm just curious as to what your kind of work day and now it's COVID. So it's a little bit (laughs) different, maybe quarantine, but you said you worked from home anyway. So what is your work day, your day in general look like, including the work day? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. My days, I mean, it's it's pretty similar to pre-COVID, although I would say I've been like working harder because I don't know, I feel like things got really hectic. So I feel like I've just been like, you know, way more dialed in lately, but anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, so I get up pretty early. I'm usually up between six or six 30. Um, I really love to start the day by just going on a walk with my dog, which sounds so cheesy, but I kind of use that time to listen to podcasts. Um, I like listening to the daily skim. I get my news from that. And then it's usually like a rotation of different entrepreneur focused podcasts, um, or like pitching podcasts. Um, and it's kind of a creative time too, to just sort of like reflect and kind of get my, get myself together before the day starts. Um, and then I'm a huge fan of calendar blocking. <laughs> so like my calendar is like yes. blocked from like all different colors of like, okay, this time I'm working on my newsletter. Like during this time we're working on the revenue model, this time's the pitch deck. And this time I'm, you know, talking to Casey, we have our, our daily, uh, syncs in the morning. So it gives us kind of a couple hours to get things together and then we'll have an hour where we catch up. I usually try to get a workout in sometime during the day. And then, you know, I try to wrap up work by like six ish. So I can, you know, hang out with my husband, cook dinner, maybe watch a show. And then depending on the day, I'll either wind down and like watch a movie with him or um, I'll go back to work and like hop on the computer again. You know, if it's not quarantine, we probably like go out for dinner or something or like meet some friends. But right now, (laughs) that's not happening, clearly. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, a lot of creative cooking in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. And with, yeah, with quarantine, I do find it's just easier to work more because you're like, well, I'm not going to go out and see friends. So I'm like sitting here anyways. I might as well knock out these emails or whatever really, other right? things yeah. you know you have to get done it's an interesting kind of situation to be in to then work from home in that case and and one thing too on that kind of schedule because i'm always curious too with this with weekends how do you approach weekends is it completely off is it knock out some work in the morning like uh, how do you handle that too yeah um it, it really depends but i i cannot say that i block off my weekends i definitely work on the weekends and i'm not <laughs> saying that's the right thing to do because i think it can definitely learn to burn out I think it really depends on the week for us. I mean, if I've got a lot going on, I'm just, I, and I know I need to get it done. I'm going to feel better about it if I spend a few hours getting it done, especially right now, given like I'm not going anywhere else. Um, I definitely find myself yeah, gravitating exactly. to spending some time, you know, working on the weekends, but 
you know, because I work from home anyway and have a flexible schedule, like I might spend Friday night working, but then, you know, Tuesday night might be a night where like we just have dinner and kind of hang out. So I feel like I'm pretty flexible with that. But that said, like I try to be respectful of other people's time because I do think it's important to protect your own time, whatever, in whatever way works for you. Like however much time you need to recharge um, or however much time, you know, your team needs, I think you have to like respect people's boundaries a little bit there. Um, I will say though, you know, some of my most creative ideas have come up when I'm not thinking about the company, you know, like if I'm doing something like exercising or baking, like is something that I love to do, like all of a sudden I'll kind of like think about something and be like, oh, that's a good idea. So I think it does take a little bit of disconnect to be able to come back to something with like fresh eyes too. So I do think it's important to disconnect. Just I do, for me personally, it's a little bit of like a blend of maybe it's the weekday, maybe it's the weekend. It it definitely, there's a lot of overlap there. Yeah. And I think that's, there's no, there's no right answer, right? And to that question of like how you should handle the weekends. And I'm kind of in a similar boat. When you mentioned it, it just feels better sometimes to have it done and then you don't have the stress of still having to do it on the week during the yeah, week. Like totally. I loved having some of those things done and then not having to think about, Oh, well, I still have to do this Monday. And if that's the case, like my mental space is better spent doing the task on a Saturday, finishing it, and then being clear heading into the week. Um, I think there's something to be said for that as well. But obviously, it changes between you know the week depending on what there is going on in the company. Yeah, sure. um, and and with and with you too. So you mentioned some podcasts already too. Like, are there any other resources, whether it be books you suggest or other podcasts you suggest that you think for other entrepreneurs? Yeah, for sure. So um, I really like the podcast How I Built This. Um, with Guy Raz on NPR. I like to skim from the couch. Yeah. They do great interviews with, um, I don't think it's just founders. There's a lot of female executives there as well. Um, if you're interested in raising money or thinking about raising money, Venture Deals is a great book to read. Um, it's pretty long, but there's a lot of really great information <laughs> in there. Um, and then, you know, I go to a lot of in-person events that, you know, are typically more female founder and, and female leadership focused, but like the girl for um, any female listeners, like the girl boss community is awesome. The wing is another great resource. And I've just found with a lot of those communities, people are really looking out for each other and want to support each other. So that's been a really great resource. Like I've met some awesome women through those communities that are just really excited to help support other women. So that's been really great as well. Yeah. And from those resources too, I mean, like from the, this is just really like a market research thing for the podcast, honestly, like for why, why do you listen to those podcasts? Like what are you trying to get out of it as a, as a founder? Yeah, I just love hearing different people's perspectives, number one. And then two, I think hearing those founder stories, especially like the how I built this, like you hear about everybody's different challenges, everyone's different successes, what what their um, definition of success is as well, because I think that changes from person to person. Um, and just hearing people's stories about you know, overcoming challenges and, and resilience, I think just it's really inspiring and also um, just like a great way to start. So I listen to them in the morning. So it's just a great way to start the day of hearing people that have built these awesome companies or, you know, despite the challenges that have, that came up along the way. Yeah. And for you then what, what else do you do or what is kind of your go-to for stepping away from work? I think you kind of mentioned a little bit, but I'm always curious about that too. Like, what do you do to kind of manage, uh, taking time away or just recharging 
what helps you for that? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty active. I, I love um, going on runs outside, not doing that as much right now, but um, I'm, I'm lucky I have a Peloton, which I'm kind of addicted to, I have to say. I really <laughs> love it. There's like a few teachers that I just like, I love them. So that's been uh, really nice. Yes. Um, otherwise, like we have a, we have a Labradoodle puppy that I'm also obsessed with. <laughs> Um, so just like taking some time away and like playing with him or like I mentioned, baking is, is kind of a creative outlet for me. So um, I enjoy that as well. That's yeah. awesome. And as you kind of look back in this last this last year or so, I mean, what have been maybe the biggest, you know, one or two lessons you've taken away from your entrepreneurial journey up until this point? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the biggest thing that I've learned and probably am still learning is that, you know, resilience is key. Um, I think that is probably one of the biggest um, pieces of being an entrepreneur is just, you know, being resilient. I think being open to feedback, but not taking it personally, like you're going to get a lot of feedback from people and a lot of it's going to be awesome. And a lot of it's not going to be awesome. You know, I think it's just part of the journey. And I think being able to extract what is important from that and then continuing on is, is really important. And then I think I mentioned this earlier, but again, everything is figure outable. And I just think that's such a great, you know, mentality to have because when you think like that you it kind of like helps you turn that into action and, and you do just start figuring things out um especially like you know I remember I'm thinking like I guess it was yeah a little over a year ago I was sitting there and I was like how am I gonna do this and then you know looking back I, like, oh, I did it like I'm here <laughs> you know one foot in front of the other and you, you do need to figure things out so yeah and and with well traveled then it's one of the last questions I'm curious it's just what is like, what's the grand vision for it? Like, what do you want this to become? Like, what are you excited about this being? Like, there's so many ways companies can grow and, and what, what they can become. I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are around kind of the grand vision for the company. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so I'm super excited about the potential for the company. I feel like, you know, there's definitely this white space in the market um, for building a solution that's really built for modern millennial travelers. I think a lot of the solutions on the market right now and a lot of these bigger companies that have been around for a really long time, you know, these platforms were built 20 years ago and they haven't changed a ton since. Um, whereas the type of travelers have changed and what people's needs are have changed. So for us, like we would love to be the go-to solution for, for millennial travelers and um, be able to help people more efficiently um, plan their, their next trips and discover the world. Um, so that's, that kind of is what gets me excited. I, I feel like with travel, it's interesting. I think obviously you learn a lot about the world and I think it helps broaden your perspective for kind of your place on the planet when you travel and explore new places. But I find that you also learn a ton about yourself um, you know, and like how you respond to stressful situations or uncertainty. And I think that can also be just as powerful. So being able to help play a small part in that and, and get people out there exploring the world and, and meeting new people is, is um, something that we would love to do. Yeah. And I, as you said, kind of in the beginning with, it's a weird time now mm -hmm. for travel and it's obviously a strange time, but people like myself, for instance, are definitely thinking about and planning trips as uh, many trips got canceled uh, previously and are thinking of, you know, in the future, you didn't spend that money on there. You have money for other things. 
travel in the future. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how how fast everything bounces back. But with well traveled, I mean, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how it progresses. And people will need travel in the future, so <laughs> wish yeah. you nothing but the best. And where can people go to learn more about everything you're doing? Yeah, for sure. And again, like if you know, if anyone wants to reach out, they can feel free to reach out to me personally. Like I'd be happy to be a resource for anyone who, who does have questions um, on the travel space or even, you know, their own personal travel plan. So um, you can find us. Um, our website is welltraveledclub.com. Uh, feel free to apply. We are accepting new members uh, on Instagram. We're at welltravelclub. And then my, uh, my email is just Samantha at welltravelclub.com. Um, and I also wanted to mention, like, we're likely going to be hiring, you know, some interns or, or even some some team members in the coming years. So if anyone's interested, definitely uh, reach out. I'd love to talk to them. Perfect. And I will be sure to link all that as well in the show notes at justgogrind.com slash podcast. And Samantha, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was really nice to chat. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. The Weekly Grind, which is my weekly newsletter, comes out every single Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com newsletter. This is filled with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. If you want to know how to launch a business, how to grow it, how to get it off the ground, find employees, all these different things. There's a few tips, tools, and strategies every single week I deliver right to you justgrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.